It's Izzy the Prodigy here. Kenny, Brandon, what's going on? Chris Van Fleet here. I hope the episodes just keep getting better and better and better and just stacking them up like New Day pancakes. It was the biggest accomplishment of your podcast. So send me a thank you, write me a nice letter, tweet me, DM me, FaceTime me, MySpace me for Christ's sake. You know, Brandon, looking 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 back on that footage, uh, for those in audio land, I have to describe. Um, I don't know what the hell you were wearing, but I didn't realize that it would make you all green screened the way you were. So literally, it looks like you don't have the top of, of, of a head. So, it was good, yeah. I I I could I didn't realize I had it here, and I was like, oh, I was like, I got I got to put this on, man. We got to see what we can pull. Up hey, wait, here. wait. We're gonna have to run this back. Yeah. We have to run this back. You know why? What happened? They couldn't hear the audio. So I want what? them to hear that intro. Oh, no. I want them to hear that intro. Again. So we're gonna we're gonna Thunderdome take two. This was just a <laughs> test run. We're gonna do this again. Here we go. <laughs> Oh, you it's know what? You know what, Brandon? Here. No audio recorded on that. <laughs> so maybe we, <laughs> maybe we should describe it. Oh, dear, that's awesome. It's okay. Welcome to the welcome to the blunder dome. Blunder dome, indeed. Welcome yes. to the blunder dome. Well, pretty much, let's describe it. Brandon, in his infinite wisdom, had. <laughs> I'm gonna have to put this back. Brandon, in his infinite wisdom, had uh, admitted basically to putting a picture of Chris Benoit in the Thunderdome. That was him, Brent, it's, guys. That it was, was me. Him. I'm sorry, guys. I had to do it, all right? It's time. He gets the recognition he deserves. Yeah, the that's only way to literally do it what the rant was yeah, about. Throw it up on TV in their faces. Because they'll ignore it anyway. <laughs> Mason says it's uh, Mason. No, that is Wes. Wes says it's too early for a Moscow mule, but I'm drunk, so I'm calling people by different names, apparently. <laughs> but... <laughs> Brandon, I'm being made to look weak. You know, you know who what? else apparently was made to look weak last week, yeah. apparently? So last week, AJ Styles loses the freaking Intercontinental Championship. He loses the Intercontinental Championship to Jeff Hardy. I mean, what an idiot. <laughs> so he what loses. He? But the thing is, a, a lot of people online, it's funny, man. A lot of wrestling fans, we'll, we'll get to this in the end, but a lot of wrestling fans think they know. And hmm. a lot of wrestling fans said, I can't believe they buried AJ Styles like that and made him look weak. And I never understand why people use the word burial so gratuitously. Barry doesn't like like we just had a mistake on the podcast. Is our podcast buried? <laughs> no, our podcast is not buried because buried would mean that we consistently make a mistake like that every single week, which we do. But <laughs> and that nobody's watching us anymore and they're disinterested because of that. That that would be buried. Right. So AJ Styles are part of our charm. Right. That's part of our charm. Right? <laughs> Look at all these wonderful faces behind us, by the way. That's what Brandon, by the way, that's what Brandon was wearing was that little thing <laughs> on top of his head. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's just literally like people saying AJ Styles got buried uh, with that storyline. And literally that was right after Jeff Hardy uh, won during the commercial break. And so literally I said this, my exact tweet back to people that were saying this. I said, AJ Styles is not buried. I said, in fact, it's going to make for a really funny storyline because in kayfabe, AJ Styles took out Jeff Hardy, causing the injury to his knee, causing Jeff Hardy to go to the doctor and have to get a knee brace. 
right? But what happened? It backfired on him. And that's the reason he lost the Intercontinental Championship. So now I said that he's going to go on TV and go, I I never lost my title to Jeff Hardy. He he cheated. He cheated. He he used a weapon against me. And I said all of that. And literally they come back from commercial break. And that's what they did. Jeff Hardy's backstage saying, Jeff Hardy's a cheat. He could never beat me fair and square. He could never do this. And I'm like, thank, thank you guys. Like, literally yeah. proved my point. That is literally what I said would happen. And I'm not saying that to for my ego. It's not like, oh, I said it, and that's why it happened. <laughs> it's, yes, it's Kyle, literally That's right. It's like, just use your common sense in professional wrestling. Simple as that. I mean, technically, he's not even the real Intercontinental Champ anyway. So right, and then we have that development. We have that <laughs> development with, with Sami Zayn coming yeah. back uh, this week. We had like a lot of wrestling to recap. You know, I'm not even going to get into all. There's of it, a lot but, to I mean, happen. A lot d- between last was, week's yeah. show, we, we we did that uh, eight days ago on a Friday, and then fast forward to now. I mean, literally, we have to talk about two SmackDowns, two AEW Dynamites, uh, a SummerSlam, and a Takeover. And then look at all these marks a- behind us. Look at all these marks. <laughs> look, they're, they're all marks for, for a Kenny for your thoughts podcast. The best marks in the business. They're marking out. <laughs> yeah. You know what it was? It was all the preemptions, right? From like the NBA games and stuff. So the shows got sort of split up. When they feels, were airing, I feel so weird. Even, this, yeah, even our episode got thrown off of because yeah. Brandon decided to go to a strip club yesterday <laughs> instead of actually yeah. being on air for this podcast. So, um, you know, it's it, it, I'm all confused. You know, Brandon's uh, Brandon's a, a lot a lot hornier and five hundred dollars uh, poorer. I should say. <laughs> Is this money well spent, man? By the way, Kyle, <laughs> I want to point out because because it went away, but Kyle did say with yeah. as long as Brandon's on the podcast, it won't be buried. <laughs> Just right. so you know. <laughs> I can't die, just like Matt Hardy. Never die. <laughs> Which they, they, you talk about organic when he got busted open and stuff, and now he's got the Matt. Hardy He literally was wearing a Matt Hardy will never die, and they put the blood all over it oh, on the design. It's like I love when they do stuff like that. When you go with like, uh, you know, make it real organic and just go with the flow. But anyway, right. now I got a quick. Now, did you do the uh, little hardware acceleration thingy on the uh, on the browser? I did not. I did not, but okay. it's still it's still acting up. I know. I know. <laughs> no, no, so that's fine. It's all good. But yeah, speaking of like acting up, man. Uh, so we've had, I guess, a few weeks of shows now with the Thunderdome with the fans, the virtual fandom going right. on in the background. Uh, so I didn't really get your thoughts on what you thought about the whole thing. Uh, you know, the look of it, you know, how you sort of, uh, how, how was your experience on it? You know, where there's a bunch of rules and uh, so, stuff before you got on. Like, how did that so work? full disclosure, I mean, um, I'll touch on it, but I did do a video um, on our channel that's got, you know, 2000 plus views um, talking about um, the Thunderdome and my experience in the Thunderdome, at least the first go around. Uh, yeah. Brandon, but talk a little bit because I'm going to see if I can fix this thing. You know, this, this. All right. Well, yeah. Well, I guess I'll sort of just give give my thing on it. Um, I I like the design set with the monitors on when they show like the Titantrons of the people. I thought it was really cool when they showed. Uh, I think it was uh Bray Wyatt on or the Fiend or whatever on SmackDown, and they had like his eyes and stuff on the back. Like that looked cool on TV. Seeing that in the crowd. Um, so I I like the Thunderdome for that aspect when for the presentation. Uh. 
I don't know what happened to people in the background. Though. That was a little weird, especially since like you don't have the sound coming from the audience. They're still, you know, I guess they're still using whatever sort of crowd noise for it. So it makes it a little weird looking at it. So I'm hoping what they do is get actual fans and kind of like how AEW is doing, you know, maybe a little smaller capacity. Uh, I think, you know, it seems like they could do that safely now. Uh, right. But yeah, that's that's probably that was probably my biggest complaint, actually, uh, just to be critical a a little bit. Uh, My biggest complaint was like, I feel like they took a step back in terms of audio um, simply because like the visual is so nice. But then, yeah, it's like we have piped in crowd reactions, which full disclosure, that was a test run. The uh, the best match in wrestling history or whatever, whatever the tagline was for Edge and Randy Orton. I'm sure that was a test run. Now, looking back on it, because, you know, they they had piped in some audio and they wanted to see how it sounded. Uh, But in in my humble opinion, I said this, I tweeted this out multiple times. I said, WWE, I love the the presentation of the WWE Thunderdome. However, I feel like your audio is lacking. Why don't you put a group of NXT superstars off camera? Mm -hmm. And that strip, uh, you know, on on, with camera side, you know, uh, so they're right in front of the camera. Uh, they don't need to be seen. The fans can still be the the, the focal point, uh, but you need that raw energy. You know, you need that people cheering and, and stuff. And, you know, we'll talk about it later. But, you know, when Paul Heyman, you know, showed up, you know, he uh, it, it literally felt lackluster in that sense. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying that I think um, I think they took a step back in terms of audio. Uh, but in terms of the whole WWE uh, Thunderdome experience, uh, the first night was I've heard, uh, I haven't gone on any other night. I've signed up for other nights and been approved. But, oh, nice. uh, but to be honest, my, my mortgage business has kind of taken off a little bit, which is good. I mean, I'm starting a business rolling in. So I just have not had time, um, especially with all the wrestling I've had to watch this week. Um, but anyway, um, that being said, and sorry, I got to finish my coffee. My brain's like rolling here. <laughs> Take up a gel in you. That being said, um, WWE Thunderdome was a great experience. Um, I liked it. I, I like they were giving us instructions all night. Superstars were jumping on. Uh, it was really cool in that sense. I was excited, but it, it, for, to sit there for two hours was really, mm. really tiresome. Especially like I sit on here for an hour talking to you, and that's tiresome. And uh, you know, to sit two hours by myself, that's horrible. Okay, so you, you're not allowed to have anybody else sort of in there. <laughs> Brandon didn't even react to that. Brandon's just like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> no, I, I, mean, I agree. It's, it's rough. I don't see how you do it. This is why, I mean, this is why you have an audience. Just because you're able to sort of push through. <laughs> I'm, I'm struggling right now. I'm struggling right now, full disclosure. Because, uh, yeah, right. it's been, like, dude, it's funny. It's uh, Guys, uh, you know, I always like to talk about my personal life a little bit but it's like sometimes like be careful what you ask you know what you wish for be careful what you wish for uh simply because it's like i've been begging you know uh, full disclosure been begging for my mortgage business to take off and i'm like struggling and and like not getting loans and things like that and all of a sudden you get like four at once and now it's like you know be careful what you wish for because it's like you know it's a good amount of money but it's a good amount of work you know what I mean? So now I'm trying to do like a live podcast, get all these lovely faces edited in to, uh, you know, get our graphics going <laughs> right. and on still fly, working yeah. on people's loans. And, you know, you, you, people don't know boundaries. You know, I got people uh, messaging me at like 10 p.m., you know, asking questions, you know. So uh, but it's cool. It's cool. I can't complain. It's one of those like first world problems. Like you got to be happy. You know, if you asked for that and you wanted it, now it's time to work. Now it's time to work. It's time to do, do the damn thing. It's a labor of love. 
<laughs> but yeah. So the only sort of problematic thing is, though, you get some weird stuff happening with people doing stuff in the background, posting <laughs> stuff up, uh, weird pictures and weird outfits. Yeah. Yeah. What ends up happening to those? those cats for doing that like if you get if you manage to even get away with it i don't know um honestly honestly they um i'll say it like this i'll tell you the the disclaimers that we had literally said stuff about like you could you know legal action could be taken against you because if you're doing all of that you know you're signing up um you know wwe has the recourse to do it but think about this come on Mm -hmm. now like literally you're just typing in your name your email and your uh and going on to the wwe thunderdome it's like you're mm-hmm. telling me WWE is going to sue. No, they're not going to sue. Like literally, um, they don't have your information. People are using VPNs and things like that. Like right. let's just come, come on. When Brandon put up a picture of Chris Benoit, there were definitely there was <laughs> no a, definitely a VPN at play right there. So <laughs> that's cool, yeah. And now you got to show off some merch on there. It's always good. <laughs> um. Anyway, going back to it, my, well, my neighbor's like killing a duck outside. The hell is this? Dude, this is the second week of the podcast where it's like there's a yeah. lot of outside noise. All right? We're having more ambiance. We're having more ambiance here than WWE has in the Thunderdome. <laughs> no fake audio here. These are real people interrupting my podcast. But go on, Brandon. Which I'm sure nobody can hear. So I'm probably like not like not doing myself. You hear the lawnmower going now? They just want to ruin this episode. <laughs> they just want to ruin life. this episode. But uh, speaking of uh, some craziness, uh, well, I, I don't think I got to get your take too on uh, some big stuff happening NXT and uh, with the debut of Pat McAfee's match, and then right, of course, also uh, uh, Rey Mysterio uh, son. Yeah, two big debuts. We've had some huge debuts this week. We've had some huge returns this week. Uh, so it's kind of crazy. We have some shocking moments in general this week. Yeah. So, I mean, um, kudos to professional wrestling. Like, kudos to professional wrestling because there have been some really, really shocking moments. Um, and it, it made me feel like, wow, this is why I'm a wrestling fan. Yeah. You know? Um, but, yeah, let's talk about Matt, Pat, blah, 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 Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee. Um, he did amazing. Um, and I was telling, you know, I was telling Brandon this. It's like, you know, for him to be an outsider and just come in and dominate like that is so amazing. That's the caliber of athlete that Pat McAfee is. I don't want anyone to lose sight of the fact that he was explosive. He was yeah. his his spots were timed good. Like there were there were really, really good things about Pat McAfee. Cause for all intents and purposes, he's not trained. You know what I mean? He just took a crash course and then wow. did it. But he's such a fan of professional wrestling that he was able to deliver. Yeah. Yeah, like that one where he he stuck that landing when he, that that moonsault thing that he when he flips off the rope and he just sticks it and then immediately jumps back on the rope. So I was like, oh snap, man! This is like this is legit. You know what I mean? Uh, amazing, amazing like that he it, can yeah. do something like that. Um, better than than some of the roster. You know what I mean? And that's not a knock. <laughs> but speaking of which, actually, let's just talk about this. Uh, JD from NY, of course, it is little like his little. <laughs> you know when people are like. I'm not racist, but this is what I think of black people kind of thing. And then you just sit there and you go. When somebody starts off like, I don't want to be dramatic or they start off with like, I'm not racist or, you know, I'm not really sexist. As soon as they say something like that, it's like, you know, what's about to follow is the exact thing that they say they're not. So JD from NY starts talking about 
how Pat McAfee locks in a, a, a headlock better than Dana Brooke, which is fine, <laughs> which is fine. Wait, wait. So here's the thing. That, that statement was fine, but then you start seeing his real thoughts creep in and you start saying, or Tamina, or Alexa Bliss, or Carmella. And so it's like, okay, so you just don't like the women's division. Like, you just don't like women. And I, I, I guess, like, I would probably not like the women's division either if it was something that was unattainable to me. Uh, wait, 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 if, what, I couldn't, if I couldn't get a woman to like me, uh, I probably would have some disdain for the women's division too, like JD from NY. Uh, wait, well, well, the criticism of Dana Brooke, okay, but not the other, the other two. Brandon, because it's how you say it. It's, 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 it's literally, it's literally, if you say, happen to mention a woman, uh, that that's one thing. Okay. But then but you start adding other women into it. It shows that your mindset was literally not, oh, Dana Brooke as a as a performer. It was look at all these women. They don't know how to work. Again. It's a tell that he had. That's what the problem was. Mm. So it's literally like the first part of the onion was correct. You get deeper into the layers and it's rotten. <laughs> no. So. Yeah. no, but yeah, but Pat, Pat was good. Man or woman, you know, he did a good job. Uh, Dominic Mysterio too. So I keep, I, I will never, ever not try to say Dominic Guerrero. Like to, right now, I want to say Dominic uh, Guerrero so badly, but anyway. Um, so Mason says he appreciates um, that Pat McAfee was good. He did a great job establishing himself. Still, don't think he should have been that effective against the greatest NXT mm. champion of all time. I can understand that booking, uh, or your problem with the booking, I should say. That is actually a good point. Um, didn't think about that, but. He, they did a good job of making him seem like a very high caliber athlete without making Adam Cole seem lesser. Like Adam Cole put on a good performance. So to me, they kind of found a happy medium because it was like, here's a, I hate to say it like this, but a legitimate athlete, you know, Pat McAfee with a big name. So you got to make him look a little bit decent you know i know he was a kicker so everybody can be like oh well he didn't really run it a lot he didn't, he, he, it was a foul if you it was a foul if you tackled him and tough acting to acting um that's my john madden impression if no one no one understood um by the way again of course as always the chat's not working but the chat's working on youtube so on the side of youtube you can watch it um but yeah, you know, I think they did a good job of balancing this. You know, they didn't make, uh, you know, Adam Cole look like a little bitch, but they didn't make Pat McAfee um, just beat him clean either. You know what I mean? Right, so it right. was it was like a really good balance uh, to me. Um, now, that being said, let's talk about the um, the debut of Dominic Mysterio. And I knew a lot of people were going to draw comparisons between these two. And that's kind of what I want to talk about. Hmm. So Dominic Mysterio was good in a very different way. He didn't have a five-star match. Like, like if we're talking about match quality, Pat McAfee and Adam Cole easily was better than Dominic Mysterio versus Seth Rollins. Mm. But I don't want anyone to lose sight of the fact that Dominic Mysterio worked a match like a veteran. He didn't look like a newcomer. There was literally no nuances. There was no, like, missteps. There was no... Uh, timing issues there was no anything there his facials were on point mm. so literally let me smart explain it to you all <laughs> stop smart explaining kidding <laughs> just don't smart explain to workers okay so let me smart explain this to you 
the fact that Dominic Mysterio, again, look like a hell of a performer, like he's been doing it for years. I want you to emphasize again, he was in the ring with Seth Rollins, a multiple time world champion, a guy who does not miss a step, a guy who works a fast pace, a guy who understands the business. So you have your dad, you know, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time on the outside, too, as a part of this storyline. Don't lose sight of the fact that Dominic Mysterio didn't look out of place here. That's how good he is. Because no one was talking about like, oh, you know what? He that was for his first match. That was good. They were just like, oh, that was that was great. Period. So in terms of longevity, I would actually give Mysterio. I would actually give Mysterio the rub. So Fernando's okay. talking about giving McAfee four K cups and Mysterio three K cups. <laughs> so yeah. that's our rating system here at the Kenny for Your Thoughts <laughs> podcast. All right. So the K cups. If we're talking K cups, I would give Mysterio four. I would probably give him four and a half K cups. All right, four and a half coffee cups there, and then I would give um, Pat McAfee four. They were close, but again, I would give Mysterio the edge just because I don't want people to miss the fact that he was that damn good right away. And so that goes back to comparing the two of them. You can't compare them. I don't think you can compare them. They were completely different leagues. You know, you had one who was a one-off, and you had one that was starting a wrestling career. And what a wrestling career to start. So I was, I was waiting for the Twitter backlash of, like, Pat McAfee did so much better than Mysterio, and I was ready to, like, salivate and to be like, no, <laughs> no, I can't. Let's not talk like that. They're both 4K cups. How about 4K, that? Okay, 4K cups. Four, K four, cups four B cups from Brandon. <laughs> uh, speaking uh, it's about that, uh, well, kind of in that same ballpark. Uh, what's the deal with uh, with his outfit? With uh, oh my gosh, ah, I'm going to Blake here. Buddy Murphy, uh, Messiah, the Messiah's outfit. Oh, uh, Seth Rollins, the Messiah. Yeah, what was that? The Messiah. The Messiah. The Messiah. Oh my God, Brandon. Oh, I, I, to, I like, just gotta. I, I gotta make that a still image for a video. Yeah. But my thing um, with that, <laughs> I love this comment. Uh, the Double Z TV says, "I bet Ray is proud of his adopted son for his performance. Eddie is probably more proud." So, all jokes aside, uh, Dominic Mysterio did a video. Um, and it, for for context, for those who are maybe too young, there was a storyline where Dominic Mysterio was actually Eddie Guerrero's son. So hence why I always try to call him Dominic Guerrero. Uh, but he really did. Uh, oh, man, like it it broke my heart. He's in a hotel room and he's like, you know, unpacking his stuff, that sort of thing. And he goes, I wish Eddie was here. And it's not like the way he's saying he's like, I wish Uncle Eddie was here because like, you know, it's he's saying like it's not even the moments he has with Eddie. It's just like he knows how proud of um him he would have been hmm. because really think about it, he go he was telling stories about how like eddie hated staying at their house because he's not a freeloader but like um ray's wife would literally be like no if you're in san diego you're staying at our house you're not going to go get a hotel like stay in our guest room and uh, so he did begrudgingly and then they wake up at breakfast and he's like i remember uncle eddie sitting there and talking to him in the morning him asking me about school and it's like you, you forget that like you know i, I you know i i want to give you the visual but like imagine the breakfast table eddie's in shorts barefoot and you know little dominic in pajamas you forget that relationship existed not just this on-screen wrestling thing this is literally like you know you talk about the the promos they shot in 2005 um he he tells a story about like how eddie was giving him twizzlers between takes you know because it was a long take you know long shoot and you know he's giving him twizzlers and like you know hugging him and stuff like that and i'm like man like you forget this relationship existed and then you think about like 
man like i wish eddie eddie was here you know it's like can you imagine it's like full 15 years ago eddie guerrero and and him had this amazing storyline and then like to see it full circle you know this little kid that was like nine or ten at the time and now he's wrestling his match against seth rollins like that's like that's huge man and it it, it it like like i'm tearing up if like full disclosure if you watch me on camera i'm tearing up t- talking about it because there's so much eddie could have done in the business he died in his prime you know 38 years old and uh there's so much selfishly that i wish he w- he could have been here for you know and, mm-hmm. and i i will say to this to this day um you talk about chris benoit and stuff like that in a serious sense um if yeah if uh eddie guerrero was still here i i believe chris benoit would still be here yeah. uh because i i believe that eddie's death is what pushed him over the edge and uh you know it's all speculative of course but uh i think eddie would have had a part in in saving his life too and putting him in a better path um so it, it breaks my heart it breaks my heart man but anyway yeah. yes so yes so you can all watch yeah. me people in the chat uh fernando says got me crying a bit yeah i'm i'm legitimately tearing up uh, <laughs> talking right. about that so go, anyway yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, speaking of heartbreak, maybe in a little bit of a different sense, but uh, yeah, I know where you're going. Poor guy, Karrion Cross. He wins the title, but ends up, I guess, separating his shoulder or something during the a- match. A- apron, apron bump. Uh, completely, yeah. completely wrecking the, the the mood here. He goes, "Twizzlers are shit tier candy." Eddie must have had no love for Dominic. Carrying <laughs> uh, Cross was a yeah different set. Is a professional heartbreak. Yeah, uh, because you work all your life and you you go to you know shitty wrestling promotions like Impact. Wow. No, I'm just kidding. Wow. I just say I just say that's a rip brand. I love. I, I watched Impact actually. I got so full disclosure. I got Slim uh, TV this week because it has okay. access. Access is the channel that Impact's on. So I am a real Impact fan because yeah. I watched the two out of three falls, Deanna Perrazzo Bay versus Jordan Grace. So yes. um, I actually watched that. And uh, Impact was a really good show. RVD versus Eddie Edwards, like amazing show. So I watched a lot of wrestling this week. Yeah. I'm actually really thankful to have Sling. It's like half the price of what I was paying before with the channels that I watch. Okay. So, I mean, you know, it, all things considered, it's like, it feels like getting rid of Brandon and getting a prettier <laughs> boyfriend for free. Um, so, Wait, but does, going, it, does, does it come with like the, the rest of like the sports packages or is that a separate so, tier? So, so that's the thing. So you, uh, yeah. I'm advertising for Sling, you hear me? Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> but, but I have the tier that doesn't have ESPN because okay, I okay. have all of those standalone programs anyway. Got it. So yeah. it's like, I feel like why even bother? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you for another uh, 30 this, you can get like non-entertainment channels and then get the sports channels or for 45 you can just get the whole kit and caboodle so i just got the 30 dollar for now because i'm like You're i can always got all the rest i can always game. up it i can yeah. always up it because i i have a different i have different means to watch nba mlb things like that i have mlb.tv things like that so i mean i don't really need it per se but anyway t- getting back to killer cross um mason mason wrestling in the dark says um and Wes says, I have YouTube TV. Um, I, don't, I don't know if Access is on there. I, I think Sling was the only one I saw that really had Access, at least at an affordable price. Because mm-hmm. Access is usually on everybody's like $70 tier. You know what I mean? So that's why I was like, okay, cool. Uh, full disclosure, you can, you can watch it on Twitch uh, if you don't have okay. um, Accesses. But I can never get it working is why I didn't really do it. Anyway, uh, Mason says, I feel so bad for Cross, but in the end, I feel like 
taking the title off of Cole was a waste now. Imagine if this Fatal 4-Way was where Cole ended up losing it. So much weight and drama. But you see, that's, that's, going, that's having too much information. And what I mean mm. by that is, like, we didn't know where this was going. They didn't know that Karrion Cross would get injured. This is just bad timing for everybody involved. They made chicken, shit, t- chicken salad out of chicken shit with this 4-Way. You know what I mean? So I don't think this 4-Way was the plan, per se. Or maybe it was. Maybe it was the 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 um their match for the number one contender number spot. Contender, yeah. You know what I mean? But now it's for the title. Uh to me, um, yeah, Karen Cross, you work your your ass off. You have this amazing character. WWE believes in you. They put your real life girlfriend with you, she enhances your character. You you come out like a million bucks, you win the title just being there for a couple months, and then literally in the match and i i showed it on twitter because a lot of people were like where did he mess up and i like where did he mess up his shoulder and i saw it it was literally a, a clothesline from keith lee and he goes to bump and it looked like when aj styles took the spear from edge at the royal rumble and fucked up his shoulder because mm. he kind of like threw his shoulder back and he didn't land uh flat back Ugh. and yeah Man, he looks like he the whole because yeah. if you really like really guys i want you to take your your shoulder and kind of roll that joint like that you can see how much movement there is. Now understand, instead of landing on this whole soft part of your back, if you land on this rotating part of your arm, imagine what it does to your clavicle bone here. So literally, you could see in the pictures of him holding up the title, you know, and, and kudos to him, by the way. At first, he held it up with the right arm, which is the arm that was <laughs> fucked up. And then the second the one, second he held thought, it up. Yeah. And, and then you could see like an indentation on his <laughs> shoulder. And I was like, oh, no, because like AJ Styles, you didn't see an indentation. He just like, you know, had a little bit of a pulled a muscle or something. Karrion Cross looked like he was messed up. And sure enough, um, they're talking about, you know, he might be out with surgery uh, for a while. Uh, But I'm a glass half full kind of guy. I love the way Karrion Cross gave the title up. Uh, He gave the title up in full character. He didn't make you feel sorry for him. He didn't say, you know this has been my dream and I have to give this up and I'll be back. He literally kept his heel persona and said, you know, you know, there's sacrifices that you have to make for this and there's casualties of war. And I knew that. And I still came out champion injured, you know, and, and made it like, I still, even though I'm injured, I was injured. I still won the title from Keith Lee. So in kayfabe, he looks like a monster, right? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And, um, I just, I have nothing but good things to say about Karrion Cross, And he's a, amazing guy he always retweets fan stuff my stuff everybody's nice. stuff, you know and likes pictures things like that like he's very interactive with his fans um but yes uh, apron bump says i love the way they handled him relinquishing the title makes the title feel like a bomb with a burning wick i love that analogy by the way um keeps a level of ambient um, ambient anticipation for his return apron bump that was very good vocabulary you were you were taking off my <laughs> shit list this guy yeah and, and uh you know seriously that is a very good it's a ticking time bomb that's exactly what he said it's a ticking time bomb and whoever wins this title is you know just holding it until i get back and uh they did really good with that um but yeah i mean the fatal four-way i'm excited for i'm excited for the fatal four-way because there's two people that if they win the title, I'm going to be like, oh, like NXT is completely different now. That's Tommaso Ciampa and uh, Finn Balor. Uh, because let's talk about Finn Balor. Finn Balor actually went on record as saying, and, and just to mention the other two in the match, it's Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole. Um, but Finn Balor basically said he took time off from the main roster because he's becoming a bitter prick. 
And he said that bluntly, and I get him because around that time, I'm, guys, you, you know, you know me as the really positive kind of guy and stuff, but I was a bitter prick around that time too. I uh, hated my job kind of thing and mm. was not pleasant to be around. I get it. I get where he's coming from. If you're not satisfied with creatively, uh, it's, it, it's hard, man. Sometimes it's hard, especially as a guy when you're expected to be like the provider or be the alpha in that sense. And, and you're frustrated and you feel, you know, you're, you don't feel your worth. I think guys, uh, as a general statement, I think guys show it worse because we are not – this gets into a society thing, but guys in general don't feel like they should um, – um show vulnerability right you know in that sense so when people are like oh miserable about my job people are like look at that loser more so for a man you know you know it, it, so guys right. it, I, I'll, I, since i have a mostly male audience guys it's okay to be vulnerable i say i i'm a better man for being vulnerable on this podcast and talking to people about this stuff arguably i think that's why people connect with me that's what people you know I've, I've gotten messages when i say stuff like that and they're like man i was going through stuff like that too and uh they tell me stories about their life because it just takes one guy opening up for someone else to kind of let you know let themselves right. open up uh unlike brandon brandon's never opened up to me i don't know what the <laughs> hell. full disclosure like brandon's like in real life i probably shouldn't even say this but brandon's like dad passed away and like i barely even knew it Brandon's not, Brandon doesn't show his emotions sometimes, man. And I, dude, you're you're a stronger guy than yeah. I'll, I'll ever be. I'll just say it like that. Uh, father, father didn't even know what I was doing most of the time. You know, call me undercover like agent. Can, yeah. can we tell yeah. that story? I know it's. I'm actually wearing the shirt. Uh, I think for uh, that weekend was it. Oh, when did he when did he leave us? 2015 or 16? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2015. Yeah. 15. So it was it was this year. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay, so I've said it before, but, you know, probably when we had a smaller audience. So I, I was at a grocery store buying stuff for my girlfriend at the time so that we could, like, make this dinner or whatever. And I run into Brandon's dad, and it was the last time I ever talked to Brandon's dad. And, uh, you know, before before he unfortunately left us. And uh, it was so cool because both of us were, like, pissed off of talking about Brandon. But in, like, the, like, I want so much for this guy because he's so great kind of way. And, and it literally was, like... Brandon's so musically talented. He's this, and I'll never forget, like vividly. And I, this is like an emotional episode. I'm about to cry again. Um, <laughs> but Brandon's dad looks at me. He goes, "You know, I call I call him Secret Agent because I never know what he is doing." And uh, I was laughing. I was laughing so hard because uh, <laughs> you know he's like, I know what he means. Like I don't know where I sometimes text. I texted Brandon like Saturday noon. I never got a response, <laughs> so I didn't know if he was going to show up to this podcast or not. <laughs> And, um, but yeah, we, we talked about like, oh man, like I, I wish Brandon wanted at the time, Brandon's actually made some huge strides and, and started playing shows and things like that. So I'm going to give you credit on air. But at that time, I think, you know, we felt like Brandon was wasting his talent. Like he wasn't, you know, he could play the shit out of a guitar and a bass, but he wasn't utilizing it again. Now he's playing shows and stuff. COVID kind of put a, a, a pause to that, but you know, I'm proud of you. I'll say that on behalf of your dad, dude. I'm proud of you that you did all of that. You know, I, I've come out to a couple shows um, yeah. of you. But yeah, he's. Uh, it was just funny to have this whole talk about Brandon and, and how Brandon's dad felt about him uh, before he, he passed. Because uh, I remember we, Brandon and I, when, when, when that did happen, I took him to buy like a milkshake. Was it like Sonic or something? And yeah. I told him, <laughs> yeah. I, this was like obviously like a couple months later, but I told him this story. And uh, I don't know if, what it did for you, but it was cathartic for me because it was like almost like I was delivering a 
final message from your dad to you about how he felt about you maybe <laughs> oh, yeah. if he maybe if he didn't communicate that because you know how dads are right because dads yeah. aren't like to, he'll say something like that to me but like to brandon he's probably saying like get your lazy ass up and go, <laughs> yeah, go, mop, the go sweep yeah. the floor you jackass yeah. you know so it's yeah. like sometimes like dads are a little bit harder on uh <laughs> on the boys you know so uh, uh so that's again it, it meant something to me to deliver that message but why, why the hell are we in this topic what happened here we're talking like, I'm in an emotional oh, mood, guys. Yeah, we got all into people's feelings uh, about carrying cross and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, no, we'll bring it back. But also, there was another, even though you yeah, had some sad news on, on that end, you know, Keith Lee, though, he ends up on the on the main brand out of nowhere. You know, I, I appreciate you surprise, saying that because I didn't even write that down in our notes. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the debut of Keith Lee. But how'd you feel about that, dude? Because a lot of people were like, what the hell was that theme song? <laughs> <laughs> Bask in his glory. It's like, what generic crap did they play for Keith Lee? Which, full disclosure, let me tell everybody what that was. Um, they're trying to get away from CFO CFO's themes. Because, not because of the CFO's. Um... <laughs> I apologize, Mason. He says, uh, this topic got me mad, brings up personal feelings about my r own relationship with my dad. So I apologize. You know, I don't mean to get everybody in their feels. It's just, I, you know, you mean, I'm the kind of guy that goes with what I'm feeling at the time. But anyway, uh, Keith Lee, uh, they're trying to get away from the CFOs deal because again, full disclosure, the CFOs had signed a bad deal with, I think, their record label. They wanted WWE to buy them out, but unfortunately, uh, WWE couldn't buy them out. So I think they kind of just like went their separate ways and then they um, they went their separate ways. And then I think CFOs have actually recently broken up, unfortunately. Oh. So I've heard that. Um, so, yeah, I think WWE is just trying not to pay royalties to the old record label or, some, or something <laughs> like that. But instead, they played this generic crap for Keith Lee. But I also didn't like that they, like, put, like, that outfit on him. Why? They put, like, a outfit? Samoa Joe-type shorts with the, like, weird thing. And it's, like, to me, it's, like, just give him, like, a wrestling singlet if you're going to, like, try to do something like that. Mm. Make him, like, a Kurt Angle or, like a, like, a Mark Henry. Mark Henry wore a wrestling singlet, like, for example. You know what I mean? Just give him that. The, the problem I have with them, like, almost hiding Keith Lee's body, bluntly, Keith Lee's not, the, you know, the most jacked guy in the world. He does have a certain body type, but that's the appeal of Keith Lee, is that you look at this guy and you go, there's no way he can do that, and then he works like a cruiserweight. So literally, to me, it's like, it, by hiding his body, you've literally just completely missed the point of his character. That is my humble trunks. opinion. He needs less trunks, more Keith Lee junk. He's a bigger guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's a big boy. That's Brock Lesnar's show. Oh, big boy. We came out at the Rumble. I'm, I'm sweating like crazy, by the way. I don't know if you watch me. I'm like perspiring. It's all this emotion coming out of me today, you know? It's fire. It's vitriol. <laughs> I do, I do like his uh, his promo style, which is pretty cool because I didn't get to see much. You, of the, you know, yeah. Randy Horton, like yeah, he's got he's got that really like. Somebody said it like years ago, and I, I I agreed with them. They were like, he's like a wrestling like Barry White or something. You know what I mean? Like he's got that like baritone. You know, and it's cool. Right. Keith Lee definitely has a good voice. I mean, full disclosure, that's him on the old theme song. The uh, for he is limitless you know that's him like on that song um i want i want keith lee to sing at my wedding uh keith <laughs> lee, <laughs> sing a love song at my wedding and uh yeah it'll be it'll be cool but <laughs> but anyway uh i hope they do better with keith lee um hmm. 
I, I don't think we should all damn him right away. They are trying some new stuff with him. I hear he's getting new so- a new song in Payback. It's the, the rumor mill has said that he's getting a new theme, so let's give it a chance. Hopefully he's uh, rapping and singing again. You know? Let's see. Uh, what else is crazy? Oh, yeah, we got we got to mention uh, Wade Barrett. I made it happen, ladies and gentlemen. Dude, you know, I don't, I don't understand Brandon. I don't understand Brandon. Two weeks ago, he <laughs> mentions Kamala. He's like, yeah, like Kamala. He starts like slapping his belly. And Kamala dies, you see what and I've then done? and then Kamala Harris becomes VP candidate, <laughs> and then the next week he mentions Wade Barrett, and literally he's wearing his B and B style shirt. He makes me release this shirt on ProWrestlingTees.com right. slash a Kenny for your thoughts. All proceeds go to the Brandon Brown Get a Brain Fund, <laughs> but. Bra- <laughs> but <laughs> Brandon makes me release this shirt, and Wade Barrett just shows up randomly. Wade go. Barrett's been gone for like four years, and Wade this Barrett is, just shows this. up on NXT all of a sudden. <laughs> I'm afraid I've got some bad news. This is great, man. I'm glad they found something. I hope it's, it's a permanent thing, or they make it permanent. I'm not sure exactly if it's sort of up in the air, but I thought it was a good addition. I like I, I, I like his voice. He's got a good voice for commentary. He's, he's got a good voice for commentary. Yeah. It reminds me of like like a soccer game. Like I, I, I mean, a good way of like messing <laughs> yeah. with the ball, you know, and like that that voice is very engaging. That English yeah. that English baritone, you know, is very engaging and very proper, and makes you pay attention. Um, Double Z TV says, Internet's honestly overreacting to what happened with Keith Lee and Raw. Losing to Randy Orton, having new music, and an outfit change isn't the end of the world. And I agree with that. I agree that they're overreacting to the Randy Orton part of it. I can see the criticism in the music and the the outfit, but those were last-minute changes. As in, like, probably Vince was like, we need to do this now. That's why they were a work in progress. The Randy Orton thing, don't lose sight of the fact that Randy Orton's the hottest heel in the business right now. For Keith Lee to interrupt him... And to, to have a up, feud yeah. with him, that's, that's a huge thing. That is not that is not like, oh, he lost to Randy Orton. He's getting buried. It's like, no, he lost to Randy Orton. If he showed up and lost to, I don't know, <laughs> don't, don't Dana Brooke, do Tamina, Alexa Bliss, no, or Carmella. Freaking JD from NY. Dana Brooke, Tamina. <laughs> Freaking JD from NY. But no, if he like they lost, you know, if he lost to like somebody um, that was like jo- jobbing on main event, it'd be different. You know, but but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but uh, yeah. So that was big. Same as same. We we covered that. So that was another big thing. Uh oh, over on the other brand, the other, the brands, other brand, the, the AEW side the, things, the AEW side of things. Uh, we had a lot of craziness going on there. Uh, what's this with John Moxley? Number one PW top one hundred. So John think? Moxley. Was um was number one on the on the PWI top one hundred. I, I disagree with this. I don't think John Moxley was the hottest professional wrestler in the world mm. for the last year. I think he made big headlines. If we're talking, see, I don't know the parameters of what the year is in terms of PWI. Because if they're talking about two thousand nineteen, I can I you know I kind of see where they're coming from a little bit, but I don't know. Like, how do you not put, like, if we're talking through 2019, how do you not put, like, Kofi Kingston up there? Kofi. You know, or something. Or, they didn't or some, believe in Kofi, bro. But somebody that up. made, like, a huge <laughs> impact, you know what I mean? Uh, but I, I can see it. I can, I, can see, I can see Moxley being up there. I don't know. I just, maybe, maybe I'm hating. Maybe I'm hating. I, I don't see Moxley at number one. He doesn't scream number one to me for some reason. Mm. 
and, and and hit me up in the chat. You know, just let me know who Would you, you put, think. No, no, who yeah. besides John Moxley? And and by the way, it was July 2019 to 2020. Then I definitely disagree. Because now you can put, you know, who do you can put, you can put Edge into conversations. I, I put Randy Orton there. Randy mm. Orton should be number one. I'm not even, fuck WWE bias, but Randy Orton's just different caliber superstar right now. How do you not put, maybe, I hate to say, how do you not put The Undertaker there as like a final rub for him? How do you I not mean, put AJ Styles you, up there? Yeah. I think AJ Styles was last year's, if I'm not mistaken, or last two years, but maybe that's why. Dolph Ziggler, I mean, consistently the best. Wait, wait, Fernando actually hits a good point. Drew McIntyre. Oh, Drew, yeah. Drew McIntyre, January to now, he's been like the savior of Monday Night Raw. How do you not put him up there? So I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's like to me, it's like, uh, and I love. I just full disclosure, I love John Moxley, and that's why I'm criticizing him. Like, it's not like a oh, I hate John Moxley. I really like him, but something feels like he just went to AEW and then started coasting somewhere along the way. Really? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. It feels because it feels like he's lacking direction. Now, uh, granted, do you think it's granted, his fuse, maybe? It maybe, but granted, this stuff with MJF has been really good as of as of late. Um, but yeah, with John Moxley, I feel like he gave a lot at first, and then like gave like not enough, and there was like mm. a happy medium to find. And what I mean by that is like that match with Kenny Omega was like too much. Way too much, too soon with John Moxley. I still, still hate on that match from Full Gear. Uh, it's such a good match, but it's like you get forty-five minutes of a hardcore match, and it's like, damn, man. And and okay, Hollis makes a good point, which is that was COVID. Like, COVID could affect could, could have affected my opinion of him. And you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Maybe he'd be doing better in my eyes if COVID didn't come in, because you know, obviously, he was off a of TV for a couple weeks. Um, he doesn't have a crowd. Um, so yeah, so yeah. And, and, and when you, um, feud him with Jake Hager, I just don't like you. It just takes you down a couple notches <laughs> wow. um, in my book, but you know, wow. yeah. So, so I think maybe you're all right. Like maybe I'm not giving John Moxley a chance. So John Moxley, apologize. Number one, Number Number one, one. in my heart and on the podcast. Of, yeah. Oh, another, another very good thing. Uh, dark order. We got to feature a little bit of the Ada J. I'm very happy about this. Dark Order went from Okay. Let's let's start <laughs> well, from the beginning. Anyway. Yeah. Dark Order came into who the fuck are these stupid guys? I hate them. When they started, you know, doing their, their little minions gimmick. Like the and they just the little 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 throne. At first, throne? at first, oh, at first I didn't like it. <laughs> then they started doing the vignettes. Join Dark Order. And I was like, That's Oh like I really like this group. Then the Exalted One came into play, and I'm going to give them credit now. At the time, I hated them because I was like, Brody Lee's doing this crappy Mr. McMahon ripoff. <laughs> they were doing these just stupid vignettes. I hated it. I absolutely could not stand it. That was probably due to COVID because they couldn't <laughs> have a lot of the Dark Order around each other, more than six people sort of thing. Now that the Dark Order has kind of come into play, they've one literally one episode of Dynamite's completely changed my opinion of them. Mm. Rodley went in and just completely destroyed Cody Rhodes and made the Dark Order look like the most dominant faction in the history of professional wrestling. Retribution, Retribution in four weeks doesn't look as strong as the Dark Order did in one night. Mm. That's how good the booking is. Uh, of the Dark Order. So when he won that TNT title, and not just definitively won it, but Cody was like, 
knocked out and was gone. They had to like wheel him out in an ambulance. <laughs> or they have the stretcher, and then you get the whole, all the thugs, if you will, kind of gathering around. The minions are just like Brandy Rose trying to protect him, and then that's when Anna J comes into play and's like, get her. It gets choked out by Anna J, which made her look so strong. Um, you know, all things considered, I mean, I'm. I can't say enough good things about the Dark Order. They are their book is completely changed in the best way possible. He is now joining the Dark Order, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here first. Can he join the Dark Order? I don't. I don't know if I would say that I'm joining the Dark Order, but uh, but yeah. <laughs> uh, how about your boy Hangman getting kicked out of the Elite, <laughs> dude? <laughs> Dude, I'm going to say it at first and just let me finish because I want people are probably going to start thinking I'm hating on AEW and I'm not. Just let me finish. This has been the most unorthodox uh, heel turn slash kicking out feud I've ever seen. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is stupid. And then I start going like, you know, I really give credit for AEW for not going the normal route uh, that professional wrestling goes where hangman cost you know like because what usually happens is hangman comes out referee's not looking he nails one of the young bucks in the head and then holds up the title it's like boo and then he walks out and then it's like complete like heel turn there were shades uh, shades of gray here Mm. where he comes out and he's holding one of the young bucks legs and he's very visibly like drunk or something's going on he's not all there in, in the head and then they're looking at him like, how the, why the hell did you cost us the titles? And it becomes obvious that he doesn't want them to challenge for the tag team titles. But you're not understanding why, because Hangman's so screwed up that like you're not really getting an explanation. So we're getting, again, those shades of gray. And that, then you get a situation where the, the, the backstage vignette, I felt so bad. You want to talk about the Jeff Hardy storyline, st- drawing up like... You know, those feelings, bad emotions. Yeah, bad bad feeling, emotions. Yeah. This was good where they were talking to, you know, a quote unquote alcoholic and they said, you know, I've been I've been letting this happen too much, but it's about damn time. Somebody told us you're fucking drunk. You're this, you're that, you know, and that and you need the wake up call you know, takes the stuff out of his hand like you're out of the elite like, you know, and and again, a very organic thing because it wasn't like a punch to the face. And then you're not with us anymore. It was like a talking to like a family. Like we can't, this version of you, we're not going to have it. It's been going on six months, if not more. And you're fucking drunk. Get the fuck away from us. And we have no explanation, but that makes me want to watch Dynamite. Hmm. Because I'm like, what's going on here? Is Hangman turning fully heel? Are they going to go get back together? What, where does this leave Kenny Omega? Because Kenny Omega's in the elite. You know what I mean? So that, that's where you get your shades of gray. There's no heels, there's no baby faces because you literally have a team that is right. Kenny Omega, who's part of the elite, and Hangman, who's apparently out, and eventually they're going to face the Young Bucks, who are in the elite too. So there's this all of these different factors. And you can see my excitement in talking about them. There's so yeah. many different paths they can go. Kenny Omega can turn on the Young Bucks and join at Hangman Adam Page and say, this was the plan all along. You know, the Young Bucks can turn heel and say, you know, we never wanted you two in the elite. You know, we're not part of the elite. They can go heel. I mean, there's so many different routes. Yeah, hey, Kenny Omega can turn on Hangman Adam Page. Like, you know, there's... Who knows where we're going? And it's a good thing. How do you think uh, FTR will end up factoring into this? 
in the title picture as well. Again, that's where you get the shades yeah. of gray because now you have FTR that's supposed to be feuding with the Young Bucks and stuff. So it's like you don't know what route AEW is going, which is very compelling television. And I mean, it showed in the ratings. I mean, I, I, I want everybody to not lose sight of the fact that AEW, for all intents and purposes, this week aired on a Saturday and then aired right. on a Thursday. And on the Saturday, which again, before I even say the rating, it was supposed to go live at a certain time, and it didn't because the NBA game, I think it was Indiana and uh, Miami, went oh, long. Damn. And it went, and that game went on like an extra 40 minutes. So AEW Dynamite did not start at a top of the hour or even a half hour. They started mm-hmm. at some arbitrary time and my, to the point where my DVR didn't record the ending. So that's to tell you the fact that they got a 755,000 rating on a Saturday, which is a very normal rating for them, is nothing short of miraculous. They were up against the NBA, they were up against uh, UFC, and they were up against NXT TakeOver. Because of the NBA game pushing it back, they really had most of their show against NXT TakeOver. And so it's amazing that they drew a 755,000. I don't want anybody to lose sight of that. I know ratings is not everything, but... The fact that they did that well is absolutely astonishing. Okay, so NXT went ahead unopposed on Wednesday and did 824,000. Which, I hate to say it, but they were in their normal time slot. So that's why I'm not giving them too much credit, because they were in their normal time slot with the 824,000. Now, mind you, they had the RNC and stuff like that to deal with. Let's give them credit, too. So they had other things that that, um, were on TV. They're competing with, yeah. Absolutely. But then we go to AEW on a Thursday, and they drew 813,000. A combined, if you look at these two audiences, it really shows you, because on average, the two shows get a combined 1.6 million. But it shows you that these these um, shows have their own dedicated audiences, because these right. were about the same ratings that they would normally draw. So I, I beg the question, and hit me up in the chat right now. Let me know in the comments down below if you're watching later. Do you think that AEW should change days? Because I'm starting to think like maybe they should change days because to me, they're getting better ratings on, on other nights. If they're doing that well, you know, without w- with all these circumstances. Right. Do you think they should go on like a Thursday night sort of thing or? Now, full disclosure, the, yeah. like, let's take this out of it. They can't go on Tuesday or Thursday because that's the NBA. Because the NBA stuff, right. That is normally NBA schedule, so they're not going to go Tuesday or Thursday, but you're not going to go maybe. Monday or, or Friday because of Raw and SmackDown. But it's like, you know, maybe show a nice little replay or something for uh, Saturday at 6.05, okay. you know, like the old TBS shows. But, um, yeah, I mean, again, it's like I, I was just really impressed with their ratings. Because I want, for all intents and purposes, AEW has not been around in terms of a, on TNT has not been around a year, and they're still popping these kind of ratings. They didn't have a crowd. Right. I actually here's an interesting statistic because I've said it online. Episodes one to twenty three had a crowd. Episodes twenty three and beyond did not. Episode forty seven was going to be the the episode that crossed that threshold of more crowdless shows than le- than crowd shows ironically enough episode 47 is where they brought back fans fans so now, are the keys fans so are the draw. now we're, 
So now we have more crowd shows than we do crowdless shows. And I, I don't think that's a coincidence. I think somebody saw that statistic and said, we're bringing back 10% of the fans. Fuck it. <laughs> you know, that, that sort of thing. And I saw some familiar faces there that normally go to NXT events at that the event. The crowd being back at AEW brought a whole different feel to that show. Uh, even the only 600 people there, it sounded like 6,000. It was great. Mm. I, I absolutely loved it. Um, so kudos to the 10% of fans that went there. Hell yeah. Guys, we still got some big things to talk about. So we got oh, some, yes. two, two final things I think we're going to talk about. Right, um, right. Definitely, let's talk about long-term uh, storytelling. Oh, yes. a lot of people, a lot of people to me, do you know, and, and here, hit your buttons for the rant, because this is where the rant's coming in. A lot of people don't understand professional wrestling, and a lot of people are too busy uh, worrying about instant gratification than long-term long storytelling. And people like to act like they know. The thing is, uh, I told everybody, I told everybody, don't expect a lot of these stories to unfold at SummerSlam. And no one listened to me. Because at SummerSlam, I mean, literally, you have a situation where, okay, let's use the Universal title uh, as an example. People are like, where's Alexa Bliss? How come Alexa Bliss isn't in this? This is this. And I go, guys, payback is the following week. You're looking for Alexa Bliss. She doesn't need to be on the SummerSlam show. And ding, 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 I was right because they added another anomaly into the situation by having Roman Reigns come out at the end. So again, people like to comment before they know what's going on. Who saw Roman Reigns coming? You know the tagline. You'll never see it coming. No one saw Roman Reigns and his perfect veneers coming back. <laughs> no <laughs> one saw of, What do you think of the veneers, Ralph? It's weird. It's weird. But... <laughs> You had to do it, right? Gotta, the fact that his character is going the way it is, it all it makes sense. It's, it's almost okay, like okay, it's yeah. almost like apropos that if he's going from the good guy baby face and yes I can to now this perfect heel, it, it almost makes complete sense if you think about it in terms of kayfabe, right? Uh, but yeah, Roman Reigns comes back with these veneers, and people were like, well, "Why are you bashing his <laughs> veneers?" I'm like, "I'm not bashing his veneers. Like I'll get veneers one day too. Yeah, yeah. Like I promise, like I'd get them." Well, I it was, was just, just pointing it, was, it, it out. Jarring. It was, it yeah, was jarring, yeah, because we've like, never yeah, seen him like that. We're used yeah. to like a space between his teeth. It's a difference, okay, guys? Yeah. It's as simple as that. Now, that being said, um, Mason, uh, <laughs> Mason, no. Oh, okay, okay. I, I read the full comment now, which is Wrestling in the Dark. He says, I saw it coming, but only because WWE spoiled it for me. <laughs> uh, Fernando says, Summer SummerSlam is a pretty long-term storytelling. It's like, yeah, again, guys, don't lose sight of the fact that literally you have SummerSlam and then you have uh, WWE Payback, payback. Right, after, right after it. So we knew there was going to be... Think about it like this. How are you, how are you going to build Payback with only one Raw and one SmackDown? So they had to do some, you know, dot, 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 you know, put some ellipsis at the end and kind of leave you wondering so that you can go into pay, uh, payback interested. Um, and yeah, I love this comment. Fans seriously lack patience. Um, you can't have everything happen in a fast amount of time. Yeah, because if they did, everybody would be complaining about that. Okay? You don't want car crash TV. You want a nice balance of, like, shocking, which they gave us. Who saw Sami Zayn coming back? Who saw Roman Reigns coming back? Who saw Brody Lee beating Cody Rhodes clean? In the fashion that he did, In right, the yeah. fashion that he did. Who saw these things? But look at the long-term storytelling, which is the Dark Order was establishing dominance in AEW. You see that? The long-term storytelling. Sami Zayn never did lose that title. So there is shock and awe. 
But there is a story to be told, too. Again, nobody's getting an answer out of Sami Zayn. Why were you gone? Even though in, in real life, it's because of COVID, the COVID scare and things like that. But in kayfabe, he hasn't talked to Cesaro, hasn't talked to Shinsuke. It's like, where the, where the fuck have you been? And now you come back, you want to be friends? You know, so again, we have, some, we have some, something to bite on here. But anyway, it, it's just literally like, I, I don't understand how fans suddenly know. Because everybody was, could call you out. There's some friends that were saying this, uh, probably on the chat right now. But people were saying, how about that you'll never see it coming uh, tagline? It's so stupid. It never, ha nothing happened at SummerSlam. And this was like halfway through the event. <laughs> because they were so hung up they were so hung up on the uh the randy orton finish the drew mcintyre just rolling him up that a lot of people were like very critical of that they were like oh that's the you'll never see it coming and it's like guys you got worked it's as simple as that you got worked <laughs> so hard because you start you started thinking that was the end the the whole point of the tagline the whole point of the tagline was Roman Reigns coming at the end. Because truly, not one person I talked to in the weeks leading up to that event thought Roman Reigns would come back there. I mentioned it. The funny part, I did mention Roman. So I had an yeah. inkling of like where they were supposed to go. Because I said something like, guys, going into the fall, I would have seen if Roman had the title, The Fiend would have won it back. And then Braun Strowman would have got added. So now they did the opposite. Which is, I again, I think... Roman was supposed to um, beat Goldberg, lose the title to The Fiend, and then Braun Strowman would have got entered into this feud for the fall as the third man. What they did was they put Braun in Roman's place, did what they did with him, and now Roman is the third man coming back after SummerSlam. So again, I, kudos to WWE booking because nobody's going to give them credit for this. But all of you talked about wanting Roman Reigns being heel. He came back with a shirt that said, <laughs> wreck everyone and leave. And everyone's like, ooh, like, is he a heel? Because he showed heel tendencies. And everybody was questioning me. I said, I, I'm pretty sure Roman's a heel, like, if you really pay attention to what he did. And everyone's talking to me and they're like, no, he's not a heel. He's not a heel. He's not a heel. So let's, let's actually switch topics here because this is, this is what I want to talk about. You know, this is the main right. event of the show. This is what I want to talk about. Roman Reigns is back. All right. And he came back and he dominated the Fiend and Braun Strowman at the end of SummerSlam. So a lot of people are asking, is he a heel? I said, yes, absolutely. He's a heel. Mm. I, he absolutely is a heel. No, people were like, no, no. He just came back with an edge. WWE has done this before. And it's like, guys, you're so burned on WWE. It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like look, if your relationship with the girl's not working out, just, just, just dump her. Why are you talking like that? But anyway, people saw what Roman did and they were like, yeah, but the Fiend, is, you know, the Fiend and Braun Strowman, aren't they like heelish? So Roman being a babyface, I said, there's no way a babyface attacks the way he did. There were subtleties and no one gives credit to Roman mm. Reigns for it. There were subtleties in the way he attacked. The where, there he was, was talking some mad trash. He there. was talking <laughs> a lot of shit. And again, you want to talk about the word buried because wrestling fans always know, right? Someone told me that Braun Strowman got buried because Roman Reigns looked at him and said, you're not a monster unless I'm here. Or, or you're, yeah, you're not a monster unless I'm here. And it's like, that's not a burial. Like there, there's a, the implication is literally that Braun Strowman is an amazing athlete and monster, but I'm better than you. That's not a burial. That's a character belief. You're good, but I'm better. That should always be how a character talks. Because if I said, Brandon, you have no redeeming qualities about you whatsoever. You're this, this, and this. That's a burial. But if I say, Brandon, look, 
You may be a hell of a podcast host. In fact, you might be the best co-host in the business, but don't lose sight of the fact that that means I'm me being better than you shows how good of a man I am. That's that's keeping everybody up because it's literally showing my opinion of myself, but putting Brandon on, on this pedestal too. And it brings you yeah. into it. So again, I don't want anyone to lose sight. That was not a burial, what he said to Braun Strowman. And that's why you're not booking professional wrestling. <laughs> because you don't understand it. You all want, you, everybody always thinks they know, but they, they just want to give it all at once. Wrestling fans are like cafe, a caffeine rush. Mm. It's like they want it all at once, and then they crash off of that and say it's boring. It's like, no, there's got to be a steady high. You know what I mean? But going back to Roman Reigns, it's like, you know, we had that question mark. Again, give credit to WWE. They didn't flat out come out and say, Roman Reigns is a heel. They gave us that question mark. Why? So that we tuned into SmackDown. And they gave us a really good storyline there with Adam Pierce having to get the signatures. He goes as Postman Pierce. I won't touch on the first two. But it leads up to him not getting a hold of Roman Reigns all night, which gives us a kayfabe reason to why Roman didn't open the show and why he's the last thing that we see on TV. He's trying to get a hold of him all night. Finally, Adam Pearce says, fuck it, I'm going into the locker room, and he opens the door. And Roman, again, in heel tendency, goes like, what are you doing in here? You know, and then mm-hmm. looks at the contract and says, I'm going to read this over. And so he's reading it over, and we get, again, pacing was so good here. They go to commercial while Roman's reading. So in kayfabe, Roman's standing there for about three, four minutes reading a contract. It makes sense the way that they built to this. Now they cut back and Adam Pierce is sitting there and Roman Reigns is saying, you know, we have the, the camera panned on him. And we start seeing this like attitude. We start seeing this little like, mm. I'm better than everyone kind of thing. Again, subtleties. He didn't say anything, but he's showing an air of like, I'm the big dog. You know, like that sort of thing. The guy. Um, I wonder, everybody's saying Mason did a, did a, has had a good comment. So I want to read this, which is, uh, he says, I don't give a fuck if Roman is face or heel, man. The dude is charismatic, a charismatic badass, and I can't wait for him to win the title at Payback so I can sit and watch Twitter burn as that anti Roman <laughs> salty dogs yes. get mad AF. So that's what I want to talk about because I saw a lot of people talking about. The heel turn, the official heel turn. It's still kind of unofficial, but it is very heavily implied. Because when he said, that's not a prediction, that's a spoiler. As soon as he said that, I'm like, that's a Paul Heyman line. <laughs> you know, my, my, little, my little wrestling brain goes off, and I'm like, that's a Paul Heyman line. And then sure enough, they zoom the camera out, and there is Paul Heyman sitting next to Roman Reigns, which is obviously our episode cover. And he says, believe that. Yeah signifying pretty much a full-on heel turn for Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar sitting at home tearing shit up going, what the hell? Damn it! (laughs) Stole his guy. But my thing is like, I saw a lot of people going, I don't give a shit. Roman still sucks. And I was like, okay, now (laughs) if you've crossed that threshold, if you are at that point where now Roman has this is literally what everyone has wanted out of Roman Reigns. Everyone for the last five years has been like, Roman needs to turn heel because we see it in him. If you're of this mentality, I'm okay with you. We see something in Roman. His booking is bad, but he's a charismatic person. I, I, I pay attention when he's around. He's, he's got it. 
but we want him to turn heel so he can show more of his personality. I'm with you. I'm with you. That's what I've wanted. Brandon's just been standing Roman Reigns forever for no reason. I don't know. Doesn't care. But if you were at a point where you're like, well, Roman still sucks, just stop watching professor wrestling. And I, I don't say that lightly. I mean, just stop because literally if you can't find, this is like our generation's like John Cena. We wanted John Cena to turn heel. It never happened. You know, Hulk Hogan is a perfect example of like, they mm-hmm. wanted him to turn heel for years. And then finally, when we got it, it took off into the biggest storyline. Could you imagine wrestling Twitter in 1996 when, when Hogan turned heel? Oh my God, I would have had a field day if people were like, Hulk Hogan still sucks with his vitamins and prayers asses. You know, it's like, I, I would have been so pissed off. Now, the one thing I will say, and the one thing that I, I hated was that we didn't have a crowd for this. Because that reaction when Paul Heyman came up, I hated it. Again, we go back to the NXT stars. It's like, it would have added so much to have them go, oh my God. And it's like, I really am pissed off that we lost that reaction. Right. Okay. And and April Bump says as long as this leads to Big E versus Roman at WrestleMania, I'm happy. So many ways they could go with that. I, I agree. I've actually I have a problem with um I have a problem with the way they booked Big E because they put him in a six man tag. I won't get too much into it, but they put him in a six man tag. It was like what the hell? It's like it, it was just like a new day spot. In other words, like just have him be a monster baby face by himself. That's as simple as as it is. Um, I like what uh, April Bump said about uh, Roman and Brock for tag champs. That's right. Okay, Mason Mason says a very good point. All right, we were there at WrestleMania 33. It says, remember right after he beat Taker and the crowd chanted, fuck you for 10 minutes, that was the raw after, <laughs> and how masterfully Roman worked them during that segment. That's how good Roman Reigns is. I don't want anyone to lose sight of that. Okay, he felt the temperament of that crowd. A lot of people would have gotten like uh, a little bit trigger happy and probably been like, oh yeah? Oh, yeah, like, you know, and, and, and called attention to the crowd saying all that crap to him. Roman stood there and he literally just looked at the camera while people were chanting, fuck you, Roman, fuck you, Roman. And then he's going off. And then finally, he goes to open his mouth. They start booing heavier. So he stops again, feeling and building the anticipation. And then finally, he just goes. This is my yard now and just drops the <laughs> mic and leaves like and the crowd just booed like insanely. That's one of those like it's not about what you say; it's about how you say it. That that's that Undertaker. Ironically enough, that's an Undertaker approach. It's not about having a thirty-minute best match of the card kind of thing. It's about making those people feel and leaving talking about you. You know what I mean? So it's just man, it's amazing, amazing what he's done, and I'm excited for him to be a heel. And if you're not excited for him to be a heel, and you're that jaded. You need to work on some self-improvement. It's you, brother. <laughs> it's you. It is not Roman and it is not the WWE. All right? So the, uh, this heel turn, uh, I want to read this comment. This, yeah. uh, this heel turn for Roman Reigns is exactly what he has been needing to reinvent himself. He can finally mm. distance himself from the old Shield-like character, which has been overdue. I agree. Mm. Here is the time. Give him a new song. Give him a new outfit. Here is the excuse to do it because he's got a whole new dynamic. I'm sick of Brandon wearing this vest. Okay, so get Roman some new merch so that we can uh, have Brandon wear that. Now, here's the thing. Uh, I'm going to plug it a little bit because it's actually been 
people been buying it up like crazy. But we have a shirt actually in the style of uh, Roman Reigns has wreck everyone and leave. So I decided like, well, let's do the opposite of that. So it's the same style. Roman Reigns parody <laughs> shirt on ProWrestlingTees.com slash Kenny for your thoughts. It says love everyone and stay. And the greatest uh, part about it is that a lot of people have actually been purchasing this shirt. Uh, and that is really gratifying for me because this is something, you know, it, I'm starting to see our, our, our work pay off. I mean, we got some sponsor, sponsorship deals in the work. So maybe by the next episode, you'll see a, a, a new sponsor for us. So uh, big things are happening on this podcast. And, and we're going to pollute you. And we're going to episode 100, which I, I, I kind of have an idea of what I want to do for episode 100. You think we're having computer problems now. Wait till episode <laughs> oh, 100 where we really have some computer problems uh, for the idea that I have. Uh, so this will be really good. But yeah, in wrapping up, again, Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns, this is exactly what us wrestling fans have been hoping for. Don't lose sight of that, guys. Don't lose sight of that. That is, This has been a game changer. And you know, actually, you know what? Uh, before we go off air, uh, getting back to a serious topic, I do want to talk about the, uh, the passing. I know it's a little bit mm. off topic, but the passing of uh, Chadwick Boseman, it's... Uh, Heartbreaking, um, heartbreaking uh, to lose uh, such a positive figure in uh, the black community, bluntly. And I said it. I said this was, uh, you know, more than just a black superhero. You know, this is I remember when Black Panther came out and I'm using just that movie as an example. But I remember when that came out, just droves of black children being excited, like here's representation. Here's one of us where we can be superheroes now, you know, in the Marvel Universe, that sort of thing. Um saw the hope and the, the the glimmer in everyone's eyes and it's like with all that's happened to the black community this year alone uh to lose what is like a real life superhero to to them and i saw this i saw josiah was damn near in tears talking about it um to lose just this prominent figure and a real life superhero is nothing short of uh devastating and i'm not I can't even identify in that sense, and it broke my heart. And the fact, the strength of this man, especially because everyone's like, oh, I had no idea. None of us did, because he didn't disclose the fact that he was battling uh, stage three colon cancer for the last five years. Finally, obviously, progressed into stage four, uh, and he passed away uh, with his family by his side. And if there's that's that's a way to go out like a king man with your family by your side you know you've never told the public about this you never he never looked for sympathy um but looking back there was a video of him talking i remember he that means he shot black panther and all of that with with cancer and um there's a video of him talking about a, a cancer patient a, a child that passed away from cancer right before the 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 Sorry, it's hard for me to talk about, but the, the screening of uh, Black Panther. And he starts getting really emotional. And now at the time, you're like, wow, well, the burden on this guy, what a, what a heart. But now, after knowing what we know now, that means, my, my guys, he was, he was battling the same thing himself is why he found it so hard. He understood his mortality in all of this. And, and literally is w looking at a little kid. And I'm sure he's literally like, thinking about it like i would take the, that that cancer from that child and take me don't take them you know you could see that burden in his eyes looking back now and uh 
so to tie this together, you know, I always like to live, leave us with a, with a message. Um, what I'd like to say is like, I want you to look at him. I want you to look at pictures of him for the last four years. I want you to look at a, the last picture he posted with uh, Kamala Harris, I think, was like literally uh, a picture he posted, you know, endorsing her, which let's not get into politics. It's not about that. I just want you to look at the picture. He looks like a completely healthy male. He looks in better shape than I am. Looks in better shape than Brandon is. Looks healthier. No bags under his eyes. Abs, muscles, things like that. The reason I point that out is because you never in this world know what someone is going through. And I don't want anyone to lose sight of that. Everyone in this chat, everyone that listens to this podcast, you never know what your fellow neighbor is going through. They can look a certain way. They can act a certain way. And they can be battling something far greater than any of us will ever understand. And they will never let on. Okay, so um, I think that's the message that I want to give. Be kinder to people. You know, just because a guy, I give you a stupid example, but just because you see a guy walk in, I'm five foot nine, 175 pounds, right? Just for context, just because I'm walking into a Walmart and I see a guy behind me, not maybe not a Walmart, but let's say a store, I'm walking into a store and he's six foot five, 275. And I'm like, oh, he's a bigger guy than me. He has a better than me. Do you think I shouldn't hold a door open for him and be kind to him? Because I perceive him as being like having it together more than me. No, you don't know. I open that door and he walks in. He may suddenly be like, you, you may never know. He may have just lost his mother and just a stupid little act of kindness from someone. Hey, I hope you're having a good day. Maybe that's the little pick me up that he needed to get through to that day. You don't know that smile that you flash at somebody just to be nice, doesn't have to be flirtatious, doesn't have to be anything like that. That smile that you flash somebody, you don't know if in their head they were thinking, no one cares about me, Today, tonight's the night I'm going to kill myself. And that one smile was the reason that they said, okay, there is hope in this world. You all can make a difference with each other and in your community. Um, so I want you all to remember that again. Um, let's, let's honor his memory and let's all be kinder to each other and be the superheroes uh, like he was for so many people. All right. So, again, I know very emotional episode. Um, we've talked about a lot in that sense. Um, and, yeah, um, you know, we, we talk about, yeah, actually in the wrestling community, we lost Bullet Bob Armstrong, too. So rest in peace to him. Uh, my thoughts and, and prayers to the entire Armstrong family. Um, yeah yeah and i mean again guys be nicer to each other be kinder thank you all so much for watching uh we always appreciate you on our special time here saturday at noon before you go please go ahead and hit that thumbs up button it helps us out because i noticed last week had a lot of thumbs up and the views were a lot better people started commenting more which means that the more you give this video a thumbs up the more uh you help us out in terms of the youtube algorithm and let more people see our podcast and thanks again i know we dealt with the i trust me i know there were drop frames in this podcast so thanks for dealing with us in all of that sense um to the best wrestling podcast fans in the world i hope you have a good weekend we will see you next friday brandon i don't know we'll talk about it off air all right thank you again <laughs> all right <laughs>